Talk Radio. Hello, Divas, and welcome to Diva Talk Radio Diabetes Spotlight, a show dedicated to women touched by diabetes. I'm your host, Mr. Diva and I'm on a quest to glamorize good health. Today, I'm shining the spotlight on celebrity cookbook author Holly Clegg from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hello, Holly. Well, hello, Mr. Matt. And welcome back to the show. You know, this is our year anniversary for Diva Talk Radio, and you were one of my favorite guests from last year, so I wanted to have you back to welcome everyone to the second year of Diva Talk Radio. And we have so much to talk about tonight, because I just love your cookbook, Too Hot in the Kitchen, Secrets to Sizzle at Any Age. I know it came out last year. Tell the listeners a little bit about that book. Well, you know, it's really about a women's lifestyle, although I have tons of men using it, too. It's a fun book, and it sort of – I wanted it to be recipes that you could, um, as you're thinking about cooking, loving the uh, – no oven is all recipes that you don't have to put in the oven. There's fun quotes throughout the book, uh, food for the mood, effortless entertaining. So it sort of takes you, you know, all the way through anybody's lifestyle, to be honest. And the recipes, most importantly, are easy, everyday recipes. Probably the number one comment I get nationwide is you have all your ingredients in your house. So I believe in user-friendly, one-stop shopping. And my goal, Max, is to show you that you can put a good meal on the table, eat all your favorite foods, and it could be, you know, diabetic-friendly as well. And we have both done research independently of each other and found out that the more home cooking you do, the healthier your your lifestyle can be. Can you tell listeners a little bit about that? Because I know you've done some research on how many Americans eat out all the time and how it's affecting their health uh, proportionally because of that. Yeah, there was just a study recently, which I think makes sense and sort of goes with what I'm saying, that uh, there was a correlation with working men and women and childhood obesity, which stands to reason because working parents are too busy to cook, they think, and they're constantly going to pick up fast food, buy prepackaged food, and there's a, you know, statistics say Americans eat out fast food four times a week. Children, and get this one, 31% of all kids eat French fries um, every day. So, uh, you know, $50 million billion is spent on fast food advertisement when you turn it on. So in our minds, sometimes we think that's the way to go because we think that's going to be the easiest. But I'm here to show you that you really can cook at home. It doesn't have to be a lot of effort. Uh, you know, 85% of all sodium is not when you shake the salt shaker on. It's buying all those prepackaged foods and eating out. So... Eating healthy and eating at home uh, can be easy. It's more affordable, and it really could be fun. I'm going to make it fun for you. And you definitely are, because towards the end of the show, listeners, uh, Holly's going to be helping me with some picky eater palate pleaser tips for those people at home who don't 
like what we're cooking. But in the meantime, if you have any calls or comments, please dial in at 347-215-8551. We're talking to celebrity cookbook author tonight, Holly Clegg, or visit our website, divabag.org, to find some of Holly's great recipes. You also put out recipes on a blog every month, correct, that people could get free yeah. recipes from you? Yeah, you oh, yeah, I believe that. What, yeah, what, I believe in giving out free recipes. I believe in giving out free recipes because, you know, I like to share uh, share the wealth with everyone. I have a blog, which is the Healthy Cooking Blog, and there's always recipes on that. And you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, which is really fun, and it's on my website, hollyclegg.com. And it comes with, you know, I pick a theme every month and I put two or three, really about three or four recipes, little tips, hints, and what's going on and, what you know, what was going on this month, Max. Fourth of July, um, we're also celebrating Diva Talk Radio's year anniversary. So, I and mean, I'm on your show. That was the highlight of my newsletter, of course. Yes. So, uh, right. So, you know, I but believe how do you in. Make uh, a cook, you know, you do do effort. You do talk about effortless entertaining. Yesterday, millions of Americans across the country were celebrating Fourth of July. How, what do you? How do you tell people who, like you said, might. Both parents are working. They don't have a lot of time. How do you make entertaining effortlessly? What would be some tips? Well, I think the number one tip is, you know, remove your stress from the kitchen. Cooking is creative. I think people put pressure on themselves. You know, how is this recipe going to turn out? Is it going to be right? Is it going to be good? Well, if you don't have an ingredient, you could leave it out. You don't have to go back to the grocery store. How many times do you think... You're going to make, let's say, a potato salad that you were making yesterday, and it called for celery, and you didn't have it. Do you think one person's going to walk up and go, oh, this potato salad's great, but you didn't put celery in it. Where, where is it? So we put that pressure on them ourselves that it has to be a certain way, uh, and no one really cares. I always say if you have a chocolate souffle and it falls, you serve it as chocolate pudding. You don't start over and go back to the grocery store. So my number one tip is... Have fun in the kitchen. Remove your stress. And don't worry if it's right or wrong, if you don't have an ingredient or not, because it will be just as good. I think my other um, probably best advice I could give everyone out there, regardless if it's entertaining or everyday cooking, is a well-stocked pantry. That's so important. And many of my books have shopping lists with, I mean, excuse me, have a pantry stocking list. And I want you to think of a well-stocked pantry as a permanent shopping list. Think about it. So we all want shopping lists, but if your pantry stock, it's a permanent shopping list that you could just, you know, go to to make pretty much any recipe. There's not a time that my husband might call and say I'm coming home for dinner or this or that or I need or I don't leave my office and go to the grocery that I can't pull dinner together because I always keep my you know my uh pantry stock. And, and what are the three other, things that you always have in your pantry? What would be the top three things that every every cook should have in their pantry? I guess I always have tomatoes. I have pasta. I have chicken broth. No and use the you know no sodium. I always keep chicken. I keep um, hamburger patties, little patties. I started this when my kids were little, and this is a great tip for anybody with kids. You know, my kids never ate fast food hamburgers, and it wasn't a conscious decision, but. My uh, daughter said to me, you know, why, Mom, is when we'd say we wanted a hamburger, you'd say, okay, we'll come home and I'll make it. Because I would buy ground beef, and this is a good, you know, money-saving tip. You want to buy your ground beef if you want to buy it on sale, but you want to look for your leanest cuts, and your leanest cuts of meat always in a loin or a round. 
ground sirloin, ground round. So I make my hamburger patties, you know, little patties up. I wrap it in saran wrap, and then I put them into uh, Ziploc bags in the freezer. So really, two things. As a diabetic, that keeps you portion controlled. You could throw it into tacos. You could throw it into a burger. You know, I've, I've ground it up and used it for a recipe just as easily as I have made it for a burger that day. Um, so, I mean, I think that's probably why my kids didn't eat fast food hamburgers because I was always prepared. So that's something good to keep in your pantry. Uh, I don't know. I, I always have, you know, I guess your your basics of rice and, you know. Do you have a favorite, like, um, salt substitute or sugar substitute that you like to recommend to cook? You know, when I did my book with the American Diabetes Association, I said, do I need to test recipes with sugar substitutes and they said no you don't so to be honest i can't recommend and why, one. why what did I, they say that just so people could hear what the reason behind well that. they told me that the people that know how to do substitution will do it so what i did is made my recipes with the least amount of sugar i tried to you know keep it in there if i made a banana bread it was right on the edge keeping it just sweet enough that it was good because if you take all the sugar out it's not going to be good so I made adjustments in the recipes, and uh, that works. I mean, you, you know, as we know, you count carbs and whatever, and you just could adjust what you're eating accordingly. So I do try to make my recipes, um, you know, saturated fat, one to two grams, and most of them, a lot of them are less than 30 carbs. You know, I'm working so then, with like, I've, I've always heard about substituting applesauce into some of these recipes instead of sugar. Do you ever do that? Or, you know, when you're talking about cutting back on the sugar, I'm just curious. It, it does work. It does work. I've done that before, but, you know, I don't like that four-letter word, which is D-I-E-T, diet, because to me, diets focus on what you shouldn't eat instead of what you should eat. Diets mean, you know, you feel deprived, and applesauce sort of makes me think of diets, a dieting approach, you're not eating the real thing, or makes me think of babies, and my babies are grown, so I definitely don't want to think about them. So I just really don't do that much, but it w- does work, and you could even shoot, you know, any kind of prunes or applesauce or even pureed sweet potatoes. Any of that does add moisture to what you're doing. Well, but I wouldn't I do it as a complete of this four-letter word, dial, D-I-A-L. You could speak to Celebrity Cookbook author <laughs> Holly Clagg right now at 347 347- Two one five eight five five one. Now, Holly, a lot of people are getting healthy, and unfortunately, because of what's going on with their economy, they've got to do it on a budget. So, how do you recommend people? I know we just talked about leaner cuts. How do you tell? Uh, what do you recommend to families about staying healthy, keeping healthy while they're on a budget? Well, I, I think, again, it's being a smart shopper and a smart cook. Um, you know, beans, I think of them as a nutritional bargain. They're full of protein and uh, they're low-calorie, high in fiber. You could toss them onto different things. Affordability is a big word. You know, when I've been to conferences or seen studies, it was always on taste. It was always on convenience. But affordability is definitely one of those words. And I always say it's almost getting, your you know, more bang for your buck. Let's say you make a lasagna and you make a lasagna, you you know, cut it in little pieces. Again, I'm going back to my freezer. Cut it into little pieces, uh, wrap them individually in saran wrap, or cut them into individual portions, I should say. Wrap in saran wrap, store it in the freezer so you could pull it out. It keeps you from buying fast food. Uh, it keeps you from buying pre-made TV dinners where they're so packed in sodium. Someone just recently sent me some, uh, you know, gluten-free TV dinners to try, and I thought, oh, you know, that's fine. 
you know, it's that misconception. It might be low fat or, you know, no fat, but then they put all this sugar in it. These were so high in fat, they might have been gluten-free, but they sure weren't good for you to eat. So I think cooking at home does save you. I think by buying on sale and freezing saves you. I think, um, you know, just by uh, chicken is a great choice, and it substitutes in for you know, sometimes a higher price of beef or whatever, you know, your pork tenderloins, that's a good lean cut of meat. And that also, you know, is, uh, you know, economically uh, for you. Um, You know, so I think um, just you'll be surprised by cooking at home and by making a grocery list with a stock pantry, you're going to be able to save money because it's not that last-minute trip to the store especially when you're hungry and buying half the things you don't need. We've always been there. Raise your hand. I know I have. <laughs> Hello, you're on Diva Talk Radio. Hi, how are you? Good. Uh, Selena? No, this is Kathy. Oh, hi, Kathy. hi Kathy. Kathy. How are you today? Good. How is everybody? Good. Happy Fourth of July and welcome to the show. Did you have a question for our guest, Holly Clegg? I do. I mean, I'm I'm kind of high maintenance. I I I'm not a cooker. I don't enjoy cooking. Um my my kids are very picky. I don't have a lot of time. You know, I work three jobs. I I'm, I'm just but I do want to eat healthy. I want my family to eat healthy. I don't know. You do you have an answer for me? <laughs> I don't know what yeah. my question is, but well, no, I understand your question. It's a very common question. I, you know, it doesn't matter how good a recipe is in my book or how tasty it is, how wonderful, it has to be easy. And I pride myself on putting in the least amount of ingredients to give it the most flavor. I was recently on a show the other day, and I was just so flattered. The, you know, the talents, the host said, I'm throwing away all my other cookbooks, and I'm just using Too Hot in the Kitchen because it's so easy. So... Again, I think we feel intimidated in the kitchen, and by taking those tips of having a well-stocked pantry and having a lot of people say, if you use my recipes all the time, and you're welcome, I have recipes on my website to sort of you know introduce you to the way I cook. Um, but it doesn't have to be time-consuming. Uh, sometimes it's in our head that it's a chore. I just yeah. was talking about a salsa chicken. Uh, somebody was at my house, and she said, I love that salsa chicken. You take salsa and chicken, and I think it has some green onions, and you cook it all together, and it has such great flavor. So I really think oh. by one-stop shopping where you can find everything at one grocery store yeah. uh, and not too many ingredients, you'll be able to cook for your kids. And mm-hmm. introduce them to it gradually. Their their tastes are going to change. Just because they don't like something now doesn't mean they're not going to like it later. And I'll tell you what, also, Kathy, let them help you in the kitchen a little bit. If children are involved, they're going to be more apt to eat it because it's their project. It teaches them math. It teaches them, you know, following directions. There's a lot to be learned. And as working parents, you need the help. Well, that's true. So now, now, Kathy, um, what, are some, what are some of the foods your children don't like? Because later, later on we're going to be talking about picky eater palate pleasers. So tell us some of uh, the vegetables that your kids traditionally don't like. Well, I was hearing you say beans, you know, throw beans and stuff. They won't go near it, near beans. Oh, I, I, I remember, and my kids didn't like anything touching. You know, they like cheese on things, too. Like, it was funny. My daughter was saying she's in New York, and she was saying she was cooking dinner for her boyfriend, and she was making my glazed salmon, which is four ingredients, uh, and broccoli with cheese. And I can remember 
I want broccoli with cheese. She said, Mom, you know how you used to do. Well, sometimes if you let a child dip or put cheese on it, it makes them, you know, it makes them more apt to eat. So I would take the broccoli florets and melt just the reduced fat American cheese on top. And they all, it's funny, all of my kids ate broccoli from a very early age. So sometimes I'm not such so big in disguising it and grounding it up, but, you know, that does work if you stick some uh, in a, like a meat sauce. You could grate carrots or something like that that sort of enhances the flavor and it also will make the meat moist. But um, put cheese or else get a dip. You know, they love to dip. Let them dip their veggies in something or meat in something or, you know, whatever. And that sort of it teaches them to do. How old are your kids, Kathy? Well, they're old. They're uh, 14 and 15. Yeah, well, so they definitely can help. Well, I know, teenagers I traditionally have really are, have a very small palate, don't they? So that is a little bit tricky, I think. Don't raw vegetables well, usually, though, help someone kind of transition? So, like, green beans, I know, are delicious yeah. raw with dips. Maybe that's a – is that something you would recommend, Holly, or how would you do that with dips? Well, and also with dips, especially during the summer, you could take cucumbers and slice them real thin and make like cucumber rounds and um, maybe even hollow out a red pepper, or, you know, and put the dip in there. Again, I think if you let your children, especially at that age, be involved, I'll remember spinach dip. That's such a biggie. I had one mother tell me one time, my child would never touch spinach, and she ate it at your house at a party. This is when my kids were teenagers. And love spinach dip, and I made it since then. And there again, you're taking spinach and putting it into a dip. I have a ground meat dip, that um, burger dip, I sort of call it. If you wanted, you could throw in some veggies into that. So mm. sort of maybe partner it with, you know, maybe foods that they like. to right. gradually introduce it to them. Right. Thank you. Well, well good luck, and go check out my website. Okay, and what is the website? hollyclegg.com, H-O-L-L-Y-C-L-E-G-G.com, or join me on Facebook. Email me. Let me know how you're doing. And, you know, I have a great support group on Facebook, so maybe you will um, you can put some of this, write something on it. You'll get a lot of answers. It's Thanks very interactive. Thanks so much. Good Thank day. Thank you. Guys. And I'd like to remind all our listeners they can visit dthebetic.org for more of Holly's recipes, information, inspiration. We also are going to be posting the phrase of the month, which is flattery will get you everything. Please post that on our Facebook group page or fan page, and you'll be eligible for great prizes at the end of the month. That, you know, Kathy, take advantage of that. Right, you might right now you might get a Holly Clegg cookbook. Uh, also, feel free to call in again at three four seven two one five eight five five one. We're speaking tonight with celebrity cookbook author Holly Clegg. Holly, it's time for pick a number. Oh goodness! Uh, so I get to pick any number I want, huh? Wait, hold on one second. I want to see if we've got the cues. We're trying to get you in the All right, we're looking at all the numbers in the entire universe. Holly, which one did you pick? I'm picking three. Three? Why are you picking three? <laughs> because I have three chi- three wonderful children. <laughs> and how uh, how have they helped you to stay healthy and upbeat about your uh, wellness plan? Well, I would say they've done that because um, as a mother, that was sort of my goal. So they forced me to cook and accommodate them and probably learn from them to keep them eating healthier. And I always involve my kids in the kitchen because uh, by involving them in the kitchen, they cook. 
and they help. I want one of these good mother, mothers, honestly, Max, that read books to children and did all that. But And I didn't like to play games. So I did anything I did, I did from my heart. But I always let them help me in the kitchen. So therefore, because I didn't want them to grow up and say, my mother never let me in the kitchen. So all three of my cook, children cook. Now my son, I would say, he now makes his wife do the cooking. He was never the best at it because he didn't want to. But the daughters are great cooks and cook all the time. And how young an age do you start kids cooking in the kitchen? I'm just curious. Well, I think, you again, you start letting them help. I mean, you, you don't let them cut anything with a knife, but maybe if you have a, you know, a three- or four-year-old, whatever, I can't remember how I if you let them put something in a measuring cup and you let them add it and go, wow, look what you did, look what you made, it could be as simple as that. Also, it's sort of fun. I mean, there's little snacks that you could do with kids. You could take a biscuit and flatten it out and maybe put a little tomato sauce, make individual pizzas so they get to do their own little pizza and put little maybe broccoli eyes and a little, uh, you know, green pepper smile for it. Little, you know, my kids used to make um, different things for breakfast when the kids spent the night. So I think, again, if you try to make it fun, make it creative, um, they'll be more involved. Involving them is the number one um, I guess the best advice I could give you. I love it. Well, now it's time for a picky eater, palate pleasers, and you're going to give us tips. I have not told Holly the list of the five food items she's going to get tonight, and listeners, she's going to tell us uh, how she would transform these foods into something tasty for someone who says, I'm not going to eat that. So, <laughs> uh, five. On the picky eater, palate pleaser is yams. Oof, yams. How do you yeah. make yams attractive uh, to people who don't like yams? Well, you know, I've been a national spokesperson for Louisiana yams for almost 15 years, so I am the queen of yams. And how do you get them involved? Well, if you're eating a whole, like a baked potato, you put a little brown sugar and cinnamon in it, and that's going to be good. But what you could do is use yams as an ingredient. And and to clarify for everyone out there, sweet potatoes from Louisiana are referred to as yams because we have the sweetest of the sweet potatoes because of our climate and our soil. So when you look for Louisiana yams, you know you're getting it sweet. Also, it's great in breads. If you put, you know, uh, sweet potatoes or yams, mash them up, and I, you know, a banana bread, a banana cram, uh, banana yam bread. I have a cranberry yam bread, uh, different things like that. Next time you're making a chicken pot pie or stews or any recipe. Oh, I have a wonderful southwestern uh, soup made with ground meat and has all the flavors. And I cut up a little sweet potatoes in there, and it really adds a nutritional boost, but it also adds a natural sweetness to what you're eating. Now, are you All right, and height? I think to uh, complete the challenge, we're going to have to have you send one of those recipes to us to post on our on our website, divabag.org. All right, are you ready for number four? I'm ready. It's, it's from the Divas at the Diva Better Club in Cleveland. It's beets. Beets? Beets, B-E-E-T-S. You know, that's a problem, Cleveland, because <laughs> I don't like beets. So, however, I will say there's such a difference between fresh beets and canned beets. And I think those canned beets where we used to buy, or I can remember my parents buying them, aren't as good. But fresh beets work great in salads. And I think, you know, people sometimes, you know, just braised and cooked, uh, combined with other kind of ingredients or salads and mixtures, 
you know, it'll hide them a little bit. But honestly, Max, I'm not a bead eater either. Oh, well, we kind of stumped you on that one. Number three. Yeah, or you can put a little feta with it. Feta's good with beets, too, though, on a salad. Uh, uh, Disguise it, everybody. (laughs) Number three. That's one strike. Number three is corn. Corn. Um, Picky eaters with corn. I have a wonderful um, corn and rice casserole that I do. Again, I think if you partner it, stick it in soups. Um, corn is great with kids love quesadillas or nachos and you put a little corn on that sprinkle it on I think a fun way to do corn also would be to tell your kids or whatever you think of that way you eat with color and you have to have every color on your plate well corn takes care of yellow do you ever recommend anything like you know new corn on the cob most people want to put salt and butter which are two of the most offensive things for people trying to eat healthy do you ever have any recommendations for other things you could put on your corn on the cob to make it a little bit healthier yeah i mean you know if you just sprinkle a little oregano or a little basil or a little pepper you'd be surprised how especially now in the summer when it's such sweet good corn you really don't need anything i never put butter on my corn and you know, I, I never miss the butter because if the, if you start with quality, you know, corn or quality vegetables, I, I was testing recipes the other day and I someone had given me some cucumbers and I made this incredible cucumber salad. But right now, everybody out there, I encourage you, raid the gardens or, you know, it, it tastes the freshness, you could taste it and it really does make a difference. That's sort of like the All fresh right. beef Wait. I was talking about. We've, we've got two more to get through before the end of the show. Number two is Brussels sprouts. Well, I never liked Brussels sprouts, but I had them one time in Minneapolis, and fresh Brussels sprouts are fabulous. And I I sautéed them in a pan with a little tiny butter and oil and sort of browned them so they had a – you could uh, shred them and it has a crispness to it. And you you could even sprinkle with a little pecans. You will not know what it is because it has that wonderful – crunchy buttery flavor with just a little butter but it's you know it has a different texture so i if you've never had fresh brussels sprouts you're missing it all right and i want to tell our listeners again we're doing the picky eater palate pleaser challenge with celebrity cookbook author holly clegg she's going to be sending me the recipes to divabag.org so you can check them out or you can go to hollyclegg.com it's time for the pickiest food of all and it's coming right off of my plate Thank you for giving me that. I don't like this at all. I don't enjoy cauliflower. How are you going to make me enjoy cauliflower? I'm going to let you enjoy cauliflower because I'm going to cook it, puree it in a soup, and have a little cheese and have a cheesy cauliflower soup, and you'll take seconds and not know what you're eating. And I've also heard that you can mash cauliflower up in it. Tastes like mashed potatoes, right? Oh, I have a recipe for that, actually. You're right. In my diabetic book, I have a recipe that I've done that as well. And you wouldn't even know. Some of it's in our head if you think you don't like it, but if you don't know what it is, you might be surprised. Yes, that's another good way. See, Max, you're helping me. Do I get credit, or does that count as you are a helper? You're one of my favorite guests from the whole last year, so I'm totally giving you credit. And now one more challenge (laughs) for you, Holly. Uh, okay. Every woman wants to be a diva, and I do a better. We'd love to celebrate the diva. So help us with meals and heels. This is where I want you to pretend like you're wearing the most fabulous party dress and tell me if you were sent in the kitchen and had to cook something, what would you cook? Because now you're totally dressed up, and when you're finest outfit, you have to prepare something. So what's something really easy anyone could make 
and they don't have to worry about being too overdressed to make it. Well, first of all, I'm going to wear black, and second of all, I'm not doing anything with tomato sauce because that would ruin my outfit, and God forbid, you know, with that. But I would probably do uh, – I have an incredible um, Mediterranean layer dip, eight, a Greek eight-layer dip with hummus on the bottom, a jar of hummus, you know, a, a little container of hummus. You don't have to make it. And then I'd rate a salad bar. I'd rated that with so I could put some fresh chopped spinach, tomatoes, uh, olives, um, uh, what else are we going to put on? A little feta, all that, and put it together and serve it, either as a salad or a dip. And be very I love impressive. it. And we're actually out of time, Holly. So thank you so much for being on the show tonight. My and pleasure. You- and congratulations. And you could be uh, visit Holly at hollyclub.com or come over to divabennett.org and remember to visit us at our Facebook page, our uh, famous on our fan book uh, Facebook page, or join our group membership. And remember to post flattery. Flattery will get you everywhere. That's the phrase of the month that will qualify you for some great prizes and giveaways. Tune in next week for another episode of Diva Talk Radio Diabetes Roundtable. Remember, every diva has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's stay healthy and be happy together. Are you ready? 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 Are you 